minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Welcome to the second edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. We are the first 365-day-a-year Packers podcast, and you can get all of your Pack-A-Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack-A-Day Podcast. And remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or you can simply check us out on CheeseheadTV.com. My name is Andrew Mertig. I'm a writer for PackersTalk.com, and I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle Fellows. Kyle, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to talk about uh, Packers with you tonight. I am super excited. No football for the last six months has uh, me really craving uh, some training camp action, some some uh, preseason action. I am ready to go. We're almost there. What do we? Uh, we're right we're on top. We're on day two of training camp, so we're what two weeks away from the first preseason game. It's it's getting close. We're almost there. Just a couple more weeks. I'm pumped. Um, so in honor of the start of training camp, today's show will be the first part of our roster preview. We're going to be going through the offense today, position by position, and then we're going to make our roster predictions. That sound sound good? Sounds good to me. Let's do it. All right. Well, the logical place to start is quarterback. Um, number one question. This is a, a big reach. Is Aaron Rodgers going to make the roster? You know, I'm pretty concerned with the way that the season went last year. He didn't really pull his weight, so I think he's got to be concerned that somebody's gunning for that QB1 job. I think he should be worried. Yeah, I mean, the the NFL is a, a shark tank, if you will. Um, right. <laughs> can be dangerous waters in making the roster. Do you, I, really I, want, do you really want your quarterback in shark-filled waters right before the season? I think that there's some serious character concerns we need to talk about. I don't know, but if one of those sharks went after his collarbone, I was going to have a real issue with the Discovery Channel. Seriously. Uh, so we know Rodgers is going to come back. I, I have full confidence he's going to put forth a, a MVP-level performance. Um, I normally would be worried about the re-injury, but really when you look at it, he kind of fell awkwardly twice. Both times he broke the collarbone um, were just times that he couldn't brace his own fall. Um, and, and I'm not super concerned about that at all. Um, the acquisition of Sean Kaiser, I think, was a really smart move, kind of an under-the-radar move. Um, and And last year he was asked to lead an offense that had nearly no talent. And I think going forward, Mike McCarthy is going to be a really good mentor for him. I think that's like acquiring almost an extra first round quarterback because if Kaiser had gone back to college, um, I think he would have been picked really close to the top of the draft. They've been able to get more out of less talented players. Uh, Kyle, do, do you have any aloe handy? Um, I don't offhand. Okay, because you should, because I'm about to give you a scalding hot take. I think Brett Hundley is going to play really well this preseason. No. Even though we saw some poor performance last year, uh, some really poor performance last year, I think he's going to perform well enough going up against second and third stringers to make himself a marketable trade candidate. I don't believe he's going to make the, the Packers roster, but I think somebody's going to be willing to give up a low 
uh, draft pick for him next year. Um, maybe somebody like the Bengals that don't have a lot of depth at quarterback. Maybe something happens to Andy Dalton. Maybe they're just looking for a, a, a backup um, after training camp. Heck, Dan Orlovsky played 13 seasons in the NFL. I think Brett Hundley, who is a far superior talent to Dan Orlovsky, can have a decent career as a backup. And I think somebody might be willing to give up a pick for him. So so that's my uh, prediction. I think um, actually Tim Boyle, their, their fourth stringer, has the raw athleticism and size the Packers might like out of a practice squad kind of player. So look for him to maybe have some flashes during the, the preseason and possibly make the practice squad. So my roster prediction is Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Kaiser. Okay, so I am uh, I'm a little taken back by the the heat in here from the very beginning. Uh, the hot takes are flowing. We've got a Dan Orlovsky mention. Uh, we're burning the Bengals because they're willing to take on uh, Brett Hundley. Um, but no, I like it. This is good. So I'm also just keeping two quarterbacks. Um, I've got uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, for the shock factor there and also uh, Kaiser. So uh, last year was the first year since 2013 that the Packers kept less than three quarterbacks. Uh, But I think that they keep just two QBs again this year. I agree that Kaiser will play enough in the preseason for the Packers to feel comfortable with him as the lone backup to Rodgers. I've absolutely loved Kaiser since he came out in the draft. He was my top-ranked quarterback in that class with Watson, Trubisky, and Mahomes. So we'll see how that ages because Watson played so well. But uh, I think Kaiser is incredibly talented. He definitely needs some time to mature. uh, But the flashes that he has put on tape in Cleveland and at Notre Dame are really exciting. Uh, And let's be honest, Green Bay did not send Demarius Randall uh, to Cleveland for Kaiser to come in and be the third quarterback behind uh, Brett Hundley. So uh, we know that the Packers will say that this is an open quarterback competition for that quarterback too, even though like maybe it's an open competition for QB one, as we've said already uh, on this podcast, but uh, it's not really an open competition for that QB two job. I think it's Kaiser's unless he just looks awful. And so uh, that's where I think it is. Andrew, your take on Hundley playing himself into a trade is fun. Um, I hope that that's the case. Um, I'll believe it when I see it. I, I'm going to be a little bit bitter after last year. Um, but do you remember the days when we were talking about getting a second or third rounder for Hundley in a trade? Oh, yeah. And, and the rumors that uh, they nearly pulled that trade off before last season. Um, certainly hurt now after, after the performance we saw in, in 2017. It's painful. Absolutely. So moving on to running back, what are your thoughts? All right. So my running backs, I have four running backs making the team. Um, and that does include a fullback. So I've got Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, and Aaron Rutkowski. So, um, Williams and Jones look really good last year. Ty Montgomery is also a lot to make this team, but I think he'll be more of a gadget player than a tr- true running back in 2018. Uh, he'll be a really fun chess piece for that offense. Uh, so that's my three running backs. Um, obviously, Aaron Ripkowski is the fullback, uh, but there is a little bit of buzz about Joe Carriage taking that fullback job. But Carriage, when I looked at it, he only played three snaps last season. So I think if Green Bay and the Green Bay coaching staff were really that high on Carriage, Considering the kind of season that they were having last year, I think we probably would have seen him more. So I'm going to say that Rupkowski keeps that job this year. 
I haven't been super impressed with what I've seen uh, from Devante. I fumble always Mays. Uh, he, he was a late pick by Ted Thompson, so he could end up on the practice squad, but I wouldn't be shocked um, if he were to to end up cut after, after this preseason for sure. Um, something else I wouldn't be shocked to see happen would be maybe we make it through the preseason and one of these other running backs gets hurt. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked to see Green Bay pick up another guy off the street uh, to come in and uh, and add to the depth at running back. Um, like I said, primarily if like someone like Jamal Williams were to experience some kind of a minor injury in the preseason. But uh, that's where I'm at. Where, where are you at? Uh, tell I, me what I, I, I actually have the same four running backs making the oh. team as you. Um, okay. My my justifications are, are slightly different. I think Aaron Jones is an absolute star in the making. I love his vision, his quickness, his cutting ability um, on tape. Um, a lot of people are really high on Jamal Williams. I'm not quite as high. I think he's a really solid backup. Um, I like his patience, his strength, his balance, um, but I don't see him as kind of the bell cow that that some other people um, are seeing or a big breakout candidate. I love Ty Montgomery as a running back. I think he's really a hard-nosed runner. People get thrown off by that 88 jersey, um, but I think he can both run between the tackles and get flexed out as a slot receiver like you were talking about, um, and I love his versatility when healthy. Um, I, I really like Ripkowski, too. Joe Carriage is solid, but I think the the roster flexibility of Ripkowski being an emergency halfback, um, we've seen him carry the ball before and, and do a pretty solid job of that, um, gives him the edge in, in being the one fullback that makes the active roster. So we got to talk about wide receiver, um, and we are coming off of a, a preview episode where we talked about wide receiver for a really long time. So I don't think we're going to shock each other with with the uh, people that we have making the team. I have six wide receivers making the active roster. I know I've heard some people talk about seven. Um, to me, Devontae Adams is a star in the making. I think Randall Cobb is going to have a really strong season as that number two threat. Geronimo Allison is my number three receiver, and I think he'll play outside in those three wide receiver sets. Jamon Moore is probably the rookie who's most likely to make an immediate impact. I think Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Scantlin uh, Valdez Scantlin will both be contributors on special teams. I think both have the raw skills to eventually turn into really good receivers. So those are my six. Adams, Cobb, Allison, Jamon Moore, Equinemius St. Brown, and Marquez Valdez Scantlin. That's a lot of letters. <laughs> Yeah, so I think we have a very similar list. So I don't think we have any disagreements so far, do we? No, that's really yeah. bad uh, podcast for us not to what be screaming we, at each other about our choices. What are we doing? Um, but we do. We have a lot of uh, wide receivers. We have a lot of letters. We have uh, ESB. We have MVS. All the great wide receivers can be brought down to three letters, I think. That's probably not even close to a true statement. But uh, I have the same six guys that you do. I have Adams Cobb, Geronimo Allison, Jamon Moore, um, St. Brown, and MVS. I'm not even going to try that name again. But um, we've got those six guys making the roster. Adams and Cobb are just locks. Allison, I think, starts as that third wide receiver. I think someone else could pass him at some point this season, but he starts there. 
Um, and then I think all three rookies make the roster as well. Um, this is where I almost pulled a little bit of an upset that would be a little bit different than you. I almost put Trevor Davis on this roster, um, not because I like Trevor Davis. If you listen to our other podcast from last week, you will hear that I am not a big Trevor Davis fan, um, but because I think he does something different than these other six. Um, I think he has that returnability that I think Green Bay may value more than I do. Um, and so if I, I'm predicting here, I'm going to say it's six, but if it is seven, I expect it to be Trevor Davis as that seventh wide receiver. Um, and then also the other factor you have to consider is that you really have uh, Ty Montgomery, who is a running back and a wide receiver. And so you've got your, your six, but you really have a seventh wide receiver in Ty Montgomery. And the one that I would expect to replace Randall Cobb, if you were to go down for an injury in the slot, would actually be Ty Montgomery. So you have a luxury as uh, that seventh wide receiver is actually kind of a hidden in a running back. Um, but for right now, I do just have the seven, uh, the, rather the six wide receivers making this team. Some of the, the pass catching is probably going to come from the tight ends this year. Do you want to talk what, or about what your thoughts on the tight end position? Let's transition to tight end. Um, I have three guys making uh, the team. I have Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis, and Lance Kendricks are my three. Um, obviously, Graham and Lewis, I think, are locks to make this, this team. Uh, the debate really surrounds that third tight end position, and I'm really excited to see what Graham uh, brings. I think that'll be really exciting to see uh, the chemistry that he has with Aaron Rodgers and how they take off from the very beginning. Um, but the Packers have really invested a lot in the tight end position this offseason. Uh, they kind of had a failure last year with, with an addition. We will not mention uh, he who shall not be mentioned. Um, but we're trying again. And so we've got Jimmy Graham, Mercedes Lewis. And I think that the coaching staff is going to have a lot of fun using these guys. And what really weighed into my consideration for who would be the third tight end is who could step in and be the guy who could fill both the role as a blocker and as a receiver. Um, and so I went with, uh, with Lance Kendricks because I think he does that well. I don't think he's great at anything, uh, but I think he can be really good at filling in uh, for someone who was injured. And so um, I chose, I chose uh, Lance Kendricks to be that guy, uh, not great at anything, but solid across the board and someone that they can trust and rely on if uh, Graham or Lewis were to miss time. And so ultimately Kendricks is uh, my guy who makes the team as the third tight end. But I'm curious, uh, who do you have uh, as your tight ends, Andrew? We are definitely in agreement on Graham and Lewis. I think Jimmy Graham's going to be the best red zone threat that Aaron Rodgers has ever had in his career. I think Mercedes Lewis is the best blocking tight end in the league. So those are no brainers for me. We finally have a disagreement. Oh, we finally have a disagreement. <laughs> my third tight end is Robert Tanyan, oh. the undrafted rookie. Uh, he is a position convert, but he's big. He's physical. I like his blocking and receiving threat. And the reason why I have him making the roster over Lance Kendricks, besides I think Kendricks has regressed a little bit, is that Tanyan is going to be able to play special teams. And I don't think... Kendricks can and with Graham and Lewis you're not going to get a ton of special teams contributions so I think they have to have somebody who can uh, be out there for Ron Sook's squad 
So I'm not going to lie. I'm really intrigued by Tanyan. I think you had more guts than I did uh, to pull the trigger on putting him on the roster. So uh, props to you on that. But I did check him out a little bit, and he is a human highlight reel, right? So he's got tons of these acrobatic one-handed catches around the defender. It's just crazy. And so um, props to you for making that call. We'll see how it works out. But one more little nugget here is they could, the Green Bay Packers, could save $1.6 million in cap space if they do cut Kendricks. And so I should probably not argue for you here on Tanyan because Kendricks is my guy. But I thought that that was really interesting that if someone pops in camp, they could save a little bit of cap money by moving on to someone a little bit younger. So it'll be and, interesting to see how that plays out. And then that's even more cap space that they can roll over in the next season. Absolutely. So. We got to talk about offensive line. Uh, this is one I have a feeling we'll have some disagreements about. Um, to me, there are four spots that are sort of locked in. We're going to talk about Brian Bulaga at right tackle as if he's going to be healthy to start the season. So he's he's set as my right tackle. I don't know in real life that he is going to be ready for the beginning of the year um, and probably won't get a lot of offseason work. So maybe need some transition time to get up to speed. Bakhtiari, of course, is one of the best left tackles in the league, if not the best. Lane Taylor's locked in at left guard. Corey Lindsley at center. To me, the starting right guard is going to be Justin McCray. I loved what I saw out of him last season. I think quietly he was one of the better players on the offense in 2017. My first backup is rookie Cole Madison, who provides a lot of position versatility and a lot of promise. I will continue to have him on my roster until we have clarified what's going on with his off-the-field situation. I have Lucas Patrick as my backup interior offensive lineman, and then I have Kyle Murphy as my primary backup tackle and potentially the starting right tackle week one. And I have Jason Spriggs making the roster. I know he struggled last year, but I think because he was a high pick, he's got good athleticism, he makes the squad. I don't believe he's as good as Murphy, so he's kind of a fringe player that, that could actually go during the preseason. All right, so I I just feel a little bit of disrespect towards Jason Spriggs at this point. I'm not going to lie. No, I know that he hasn't been all he was billed to be when he came out in the draft and when the Packers traded up to get him, um, but I've got to spend a little bit of time on Jason Spriggs here. I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I need to declare who my players are, right? Okay, so I've got 10 guys, 10 guys making the team, and I thought 10 was a really big number. Um, so I went back and I looked and actually the Packers kept 10 last year and they kept nine in 2016. And so I was like, okay, I'm, I feel good about keeping 10. So I have the same nine that you do, um, a little bit more enthusiastic about keeping Spriggs. Um, but my 10th guy is Byron Bell. And so I'll get into, into Byron in just a second here, but Spriggs has some traits that you really like in an offensive lineman. Um, he's never had the power. He's never had the strength. And he does get crossed over on an inside move all the time. So he has some things that he needs to work on. Um, but I think that he can put those things together this year. And I did see that he's put 20 pounds on his frame this offseason because he knows that he's going to be competing for that right tackle job, especially if Balaga does not come out uh, healthy at the start of the season. So I think he's ready to compete. I think his athleticism is top notch. And so I'm going to go all in on saying Jason Spriggs uh, has the kind of season that Devontae Adams had after everybody was saying that he should be cut and that he was a wasted 
second round pick. I think we'll be saying the same thing about a different second round pick this year. So I'm going to talk about Byron Bell. Um, I think that there are three reasons that that Bell makes this team. Um, First, I think that there are a lot of questions at right tackle. Um, They're all coming off of injury, um, being Balaga, Spriggs, Murphy. So there are a lot of question marks there. So we may need him at the beginning of the season at right tackle. Um, Secondly, his versatility is really nice. He's played left tackle. He's played right tackle. uh, But I think long term, he may be a better fit at guard. He's kind of a mauler. He's that big body. So I think you can play him uh, at tackle where you need him. But I think long-term, he could be that guy who can play four of the five offensive line positions in a pinch and really be a nice piece to move around. And then lastly, his contract is structured in such a way that it doesn't look like Green Bay had any intention of letting him be a camp body. Uh, He got a $500,000 bonus, the same as Mercedes Lewis. So it looks like they're planning on him making this team. Um, There's no financial incentive for them to move on from him. Uh, There would actually be quite a bit of dead money if they did. So I like Bell. I like Spriggs. I think Green Bay uh, brings 10 guys uh, onto the 53-man roster uh, to start the season. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think you could definitely talk me into Byron Bell. I think it would take a little bit more convincing to get me on the Jason Spriggs train, but we will definitely see. So it sounds like there wasn't a lot of difference in our choices, which means that there probably is going to be a lot of uh, predictability and consistency within the Packers offense as we approach uh, the preseason games and then eventually the regular season. So we'll see how our predictions turned out. And we're certainly going to have time over the next few weeks to talk a little bit about how the offensive unit is going to look under Joe Philbin's leadership. But that is all the time we have for today. So thank you all for listening. This has been the Pack a Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Remember to follow at Pack a Day podcast as well. We want you to go ahead and subscribe to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Tomorrow's episode is going to be hosted by Mike and Tyler. And guess what? We're 365 days a year, so there's going to be a new show every single day. Every day. Every day. So subscribe. You can catch Kyle and myself every Friday leading up to the start of the season. Thanks again for listening. And as always, remember to...